What's going on, everybody? And uh, welcome back to the channel. So today I am joined by D.W. Ross. Uh, he's a fantasy author. Uh, he actually just had his debut come out last year. But uh, we're here to talk a little bit about it, a little bit to talk about the sequel, and just kind of what we can expect in the rest of his series uh, called The Onyx Born Chronicle. But how are you doing today? I'm really good. I'm really good. Went to the gym on my lunch break. Now I'm here. So yeah, I'm, I'm in that wave. Uh, I was saying before we started of not really knowing what time it is and just kind of coasting towards the end of my day. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I seriously think there's like just a gap between like when I drop my daughter off and like when my wife gets like picks her up and brings her home. They're like, I just lose all sense of like what time <laughs> is because like it gets so sucked into work. You know, I do these chats, which are great, but you know, like, like time just kind of like just goes like you, yeah. you know you, you you sit there and you think you've been talking for 10 minutes and 45 minutes goes by and you're like holy crap I still have stuff I've got to do today yeah. um but then you like you bring a kid into the mix and it's like your time almost feels like it stands still sometimes like when they're awake but like when they're asleep it's just <laughs> and they're awake again you know <laughs> yeah and the thing is as well because you have so much sometimes is like breathe or look at them when they're napping and you're not touching them and they wake up and you're like so you really need to be cautious, don't you? Whenever they're napping, it's like one tiny sound could just ruin your day. Or the yeah. Oh, yeah. Do like, it's like, you know, my wife, like, will look at her other, our daughter on the monitor, and she goes, oh, don't you just, like, want to just, like, go snuggle up next to her in the crib? I'm like, no, I really don't. I actually <laughs> really enjoy sleeping. Like, I love, like, my bed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as much, as adorable as it is, and, like, I'm, I'm good. Like, I, I think, I think we'll wait till she's, like, two or three, and then maybe we'll think about doing that. But, um, yeah, I get that. I, I'm still, still kind of in the selfish stage. <laughs> yeah. So what's it like being a new dad? I mean, I know, uh, I know, I've given you a couple of pointers, but I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot of information out there. So. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, to be honest, I think the best advice anyone ever gave me was wing it, and just kind of go with the flow of like what your baby wants and what your baby does, and, um. I'm lucky enough to still be working from home, like in my nine to five. So I get to see it a lot, which is, I mean, circumstances aside, nobody wants a pandemic. But now that everything's going on, like I'm really thankful that I get this like time with my daughter and my wife for that matter. Um, but yeah, being a new dad is really cool. Um, I almost felt like prep for it. I'm the oldest of four. Uh, so I've got a couple of siblings and I've watched them grow up. So I've kind of felt prepped and ready to be a dad as well. So. I gotcha. Yeah, you know, they say that you're never really ready to have a kid. And it's true. I mean, you are in like some sense, like, yeah. you're like I think I think I can do this. Like I, I've kept pets alive. You know, like that, that was the thing. Like we got, <laughs> we got like a puppy, uh, like the year before my wife got pregnant. And uh, we're like, yeah, we can totally do this. Dog's great. Loves us. So like a baby yeah. will do the same thing. Right. It's like, it's like, no, you know, dog's a little bit smarter for like a little while and can like do things whereas a baby you know they're great but like they don't they don't do a whole lot for a while no. and so it's and they're really especially like if you know they're still feeding and stuff uh you know the wife is like 100 percent all the time dad's just kind of like over to the side your dad's like, hey, can you hold her real quick while I go do this? <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's definitely the balancing act I'm trying to find is like when I'm like, I'm going to go up and do writing for an hour, but then I feel guilty because I'm like leaving like or with my wife, whereas sometimes she's like attached to my wife, if you know what I mean. And like, I feel guilty because there's, I mean, there's just, we, we, I can't do anything about that. If she wants to feed, she wants to feed. But then 
when she doesn't I'm like no give me or you go take a break have a bath relax but then sometimes I'm like I know I need to get this chapter done I know yeah. I need to do it <laughs> yeah you know and my daughter's 15 months now so like we we thought she was going to really kind of balance out like who she wanted to like hang out with more than the day, which I mean, she sees me a lot. Cause I mean, I'm still working from home and I've been working from home her entire life, uh, which I don't, it's probably not going to change. Like who, who knows what next year is going to look like, but I think remote is going to be the thing. Um, but like, there'll be times like my wife gets home and she's like on her and then, but it makes sense. She, she teaches. So she's like in the classroom all day. So she doesn't see her. And then weekends are like all for her. I'm like, you know what? That actually works great for me because I love watching football on the weekends. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'll I'll hang out with her all week. You know, you hang out with her when you get home and on the weekends. We're good. Yeah. If she want, if she decides she wants to switch, she can watch football with me. She loves football. So, <laughs> so there's there's the first segue. Who's your team? So so I I graduated from Auburn. Uh, so oh, so I'm, a, I'm an Auburn Tigers fan. So um. But then, uh, I mean, you know, now NFL started back up, but I'm a Steelers fan uh, in the NFL. So, uh, you know, I, I got my Saturdays and Sundays covered. So it's, yeah. it's nice. Perfect. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. But um, so let's, let's kind of, let's kind of rewind a little bit. I, I want to know uh, about young, young Mr. Ross. What, uh, you know, what were you, what did you do a lot growing up? Did you, uh, you know, did you write when you were growing up? Did you read growing up? Uh, and like, who were maybe some of your favorite authors? Uh, writing and reading yeah but like I never really took it seriously so I went to college over here and I wanted to do journalism and ideally I wanted to be a music journalist so that was like my two kind of passions and then life hit me really hard at around about 20 and I decided I didn't want to do that anymore I wanted to get a full-time job make money and just kind of do that instead so I kind of did that and like went like job to job and like to be honest, I completely stopped thinking about the concept of writing, whether it be like fiction or journalistic writing. I just totally thought that was all me, no longer me. And then I actually started playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and it led me to start creating backstories and character stories. And I was like, oh, I really, really like doing this. So I was like, I'm going to start DMing. I was like, okay, cool. Go with that. And then I started creating this world and it was getting like more and more complex. It was like at the beginnings of a spider web and then it was just like this. And there was like cities, worlds, countries, different types of people. And I was like, I need to start writing a book. And to be honest, it was the big, the end of 2019. I started writing Code from the North. Um, and then I just didn't really look back. Like I knew I had the kind of the bug and everything. Once I had it, I was like, I want to write this, even if it's just for me. Um, and it felt like I was like 19 again and I was like writing about fun stuff and like cool stuff. Uh, and then, yeah. Interesting. It's kind of, it's kind of cool. Cause uh, you know, I, I talked to Ryan Cahill uh, a little while back and <laughs> you know, y'all, y'all have different like starts to it, but you know, like, I feel like, you know, y'all wrote really quickly to like write and publish. Like I feel like a lot of authors I've talked to is like, Oh yeah, I started writing this book like 10 years ago. I started writing this book six years ago, eight years ago. And then, like, you know, you and Ryan are like, yeah, I wrote, I wrote this in, like, five, six months. Like, you know, no big deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Published it. It's cool. You know, whatever. Like, so what it, Like, what does it take? Like, how, how much of a motivation does it take to, like, write that quickly or to be able to you know, even have, like, those off days where, like, the words just really aren't hitting right um, to get something completed so quickly? Yeah, I mean, it's hard because I definitely had those days where I was, like, I'm like bugger this i'm not doing it 
kind of thing. Um, but I just had to, I kept reading all these books and I've got like drawers and drawers under my desk of books of how to write and everything. And they were telling me all these things, but the only thing that really struck true was having like an actual process. So I would get up every single day before work at 6 a.m. And before I started at 9 a.m., I would write for three hours and I would just like write and write and write and write. And then I found another piece of advice that was always embrace the delete key. So I would be looking going, I don't like that. And I'd be like, but that's okay because I can take it out. It doesn't have to be final. It's not a painting. Um, so yeah, that was kind of like my process, just write as much as I possibly could, as quick as I could. And even if there was bits where I was looking at it going, this is shit this is not good. I still knew it's okay because I can take a day, I can come back to it, I can get feedback from friends. Uh, that was a big part of it as well. The reason I got it out so quickly was getting feedback from a couple of different sources. All people who I knew like read fantasy, but like different age groups and things um, to maybe give me different perspectives, like maybe people who'd only read classic fantasy, people who read new fantasy, and then seeing what they think I could do better. Mm. Um, I paid for a couple of like beta reads on uh fiber and stuff but they were uh, they're not worth the time for me personally um but yeah once i did it i just committed i told everyone i was writing a book and then because i put it out there i just felt like shit i need to do this <laughs> i gotcha yeah you know that i feel like that's that's the the struggle with maybe not a lot of people but you know a lot of people that are trying to write their debut is that they're trying to make it perfect on the first go and yeah Instead of just going, just write, 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 and then come back and yeah. read through it, proof it, revise it, take some stuff out, or rewrite it. Um, yeah. Th and that's kind of my thing is, you know, I, I've I've jotted some stuff down, and I'm just like, God, it could be so much better. But I, that's why I don't get any farther than I, you know, I am. It's just, I, I was sitting there writing, I was like, this sounds pretty good. It's not great, but it's good. I'll shelve it for now. <laughs> and that's like, the thing, you'll probably shelve it for a bit longer now that you've got the Wii one and obviously now the website's doing so good. So but when you go back to it, just just wing it. Write a yeah. first draft, get to the end, and just and then just start picking it apart. Cause then at least you've got the the beginning and the end. because uh, like truth be told, until the darkest dusk was finished, I didn't know how this book ended, as in the mm -hmm. series. I had no idea how the series ended. It only really came to me like about two or three months ago. So just as I was releasing The Darkest Dust, I was like, oh, that's how it ends. <laughs> so so what you're telling me is you did not plot. <laughs> huh. No. That was another hey, thing. I mean, it works for you. It does, not, it does not work for a lot of people. There are a lot. Yeah, I, I like, plot yeah I try to wing it, but I, I, I at least plot the beginning, middle, and end, and then I'll wing something in between and hopefully the dots match but yeah just like wing it and then go oh yeah that's how it ends <laughs> yeah well, honestly and then like my wife is like the only person who actually knows how it ends because she categorically did not like fantasy but i said to her like if i write this i really need you to read it because you are an honest critic and you will tell me exactly how it is so she read it and she ended up liking cold from the north at least she tells me she likes it she read the darkest stuff she liked it but I had to like run the end of like book three by her to make sure. And she was like, oh yeah, that works. And I was like, oh, thank God. Like if I can convince like a non-fantasy person that this is an okay end and then, but yeah, just wing it. Honestly, go back and just wing it. This is, this is going to be what I'm going to bug you about every single time we interact is keep going, keep going, do it, write a bit. <laughs> now I will say your wife is technically, 
contractually obligated to say that she likes me but at the same time she's also obligated to be honest (laughs) so so hopefully you know you're like two for two in that area because she could could be like yeah it's great and then behind you like (laughs) so tell me what um what did you read when you were growing up and you know have you continued reading the same things have you changed genres do you have any favorite authors that you read growing up that you still read today yeah so um reading growing up I was more into like dystopian fiction I really loved the idea of like I think I was obsessed with the end of the world uh so I would really like the idea of what does that look like this post-apocalyptic or dystopian kind of stuff uh, that was like all I read and all I sought out until I was in like my mid-20s and mm. I think I consumed fantasy a lot in movies because I don't know it was I wasn't really going into Waterstones and looking at the fantasy but and the places I shot weren't selling a lot of fantasy mm. and to be honest it was a uh, shadow of what was lost uh, by James Islington when I got that it changed absolutely everything I was reading it and I was, I mean, I know that book gets mixed reviews, but for me, I was reading it going, oh, this is a journey, this is a story. And I consumed those three books so quickly and then it just opened me up. And around the same time, I was getting into John Gwynn and I was getting into Joe Abercrombie and then it just does this. And then oh, yeah. I think when I started like looking at actual Twitter and when I decided to do this myself, that was really when it got opened up to a lot of different avenues because that then showed me all the different types of fantasy where you could get it how you could get it whether it be self-published or traditional there's so much out there I was like this is this is incredible because it is I find hard to find good like post-apocalyptic or dystopian fiction like they're about a dime a dozen whereas with fantasy there's so much good stuff out there yeah. And I mean, and the good thing is as well, people recommend books and good books. I mean, even if I look over it like my shelf just now, it's just so good. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't I can't like walk in my office and be like, oh yeah, I really need to get to that one. And it's a different book every day. And you know, then mm-hmm. I look at my Kindle and I go, Holy crap, why why does it not stop? Like <laughs> I just have yeah. so many of those pages of books that I've like been meaning to get to. But I was kind of the same way, like, you know, maybe like middle high school. You know, it was kind of like when Hunger Games was coming out, Divergent was coming yeah, out. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like, Hunger Games is pretty big. You know, the movies came out and everybody got excited about them. Um, but, you know, I, I would look at fantasy. And honestly, I even looked at, like, Stephen King. Um, just, like, the books were just so thick. And I just couldn't, like, comprehend finding the time to read them. Because, I mean, you know, when you're, when you're in high school, you also, you know, not everybody, but, you know, you have sports you have extracurriculars that you do you've got homework you've got tests to study for and stuff and i was like i just i need something that that can just like take my mind off for half an hour hour at a time a day you know because like we're you know you really didn't read maybe some people did i'm sure a lot of people did but you didn't really read and devour books i guess as much when you were younger as maybe you do now because uh you know you you kind of could just like just it's just something to turn your mind off now it's like I need to find out what freaking happens here. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And so I've got to get to the end of this 800 page epic. And oh, wait, there's five more books I have to read. Hold <laughs> <up>. <laughs> and now we have audiobooks, and that's like oh, a lifesaver. I love that. <laughs> I was actually just looking over because I have like my copy of The Stand somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm going to jump camera quick and get it because when you were saying about it being like a tome. Yeah. So. You're absolutely right. So when I got this, I think I got it from my granddad. 
Um, but it was so intimidating and the text was so small. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I remember, how am I going to do this? And then you just get sucked in. Like, I don't know if you have you ever read this. Mm-mm. Oh, it's incredible. It's... I mean, I need to. Like, I have like multiple copies. I actually have it uh, like the Barnes and Noble like collector's edition, like on its way today. Because I, I wanted to. So I, I have a confession to make. I, I, I'm really enjoying Empire of the Vampire by Jay Kristoff. Um, okay, so uh, about halfway through the audio. And I had already ordered a US copy and a UK copy because I really like the covers. Um, and of yeah. course it sounded great. Uh, but like, because I've enjoyed it so much, I had to get the Barnes and Noble special edition. Like it's all red. And in order to get free shipping, I, like, I had to buy something else. So yeah. I was like, what special editions do they have? And they have like a new edition of the stand. And I was like, I'll get that. So it, it comes today. So I'm, I'm a little excited. So I'll, I'll send you a picture of it. When I yeah, please do. <laughs> and, and, and I think this is like the uncut one. So let me look at the page count. <laughs> oh, but it's like stupid. It's uh, so right to the last page, uh, 1,421 pages. Like no, <laughs> no joke. I'll, I'll cover this for the sake of spoilers, but one. Good night. So, <laughs> Jeez. See, I said the same thing about like Song of Ice and Fire. My dad had bought all the mass market paperbacks and mm-hmm. like, and, and you know, it would take him a while to read them, but like he is also retired and he has really nothing else to do. So he can just read all day, which I'm yeah. so jealous. I wish I could. I'm ready for that. I've got about, I don't know, 40 more years. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm the same as you. I'm like, when I, if I ever get there, I wonder what my TV ought to look like. But yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. I'll probably still be books from this year. Yeah, yeah, you'll you'll still have books from five years ago, like when you started yeah. kind of collecting books, <laughs> like tagging the author, like like doesn't even twit anymore. You're just tagging like something. <laughs> like I really enjoyed your work. He's like, that's not me anymore. No, <laughs> at that point, at that point, it's supposed to be like telepathy. It'll just be like able to tell them it's like, oh, somebody else took a book, great. <laughs> <laughs> a virtual thumbs up. Just... Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but like. Yeah, those those books, you know, I don't know the exact page counts, but I'm like I, I know they're around a thousand, if not more, each book. And uh I just saw those in the tinier writing and I go, holy crap, no. And I said that about Lord of the Rings too. Like yeah, because I, I got uh, you know, like I I saw the movies first, then I got the books because I was like, I'm totally gonna read these. And then like I got them and I looked at them and I go, There's no way I'm gonna read these. <laughs> like Maybe when them. you're that age, isn't it? When you're you're that age and like text size puts you off. Like text size and margins was always. I was like, why is it like edge to edge? This is intimidating. Why, why can't this all be conversation and have interior illustrations? Like, why exactly? <laughs> Just give me a comic. I need a break. Yeah. <laughs> why can't these chapters only be five pages a piece? <laughs> oh. Oh, the dream short. I know, short man. Oh gosh, I miss those days. Yeah, because now it's like every chapter's you know thirty pages, <laughs> twenty. Yeah, pages, I was like. You're like Gosh, I have to get to the end of this before I can say I'm done for the day or done for the evening. And then you fall asleep like 10 more words in. <laughs> I'm so guilty. Like I could be reading in the middle of the day in a heat wave and I'll still fall asleep. Oh, yeah. This, 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 yeah this I don't know what it is. Like I feel like my eyes all of a sudden aged 40 years when I had a kid. <laughs> because like I can't read at night anymore. Like I'll, I'll have my Kindle up and I get like two pages in and I'm like, I need to go to sleep and it's nine o'clock like i just can't <laughs> do it anymore um and and honestly it, it happens during the day too I don't, I don't know if it's the way i sit if i slouch too much when i read yeah. or if i need glasses i'm hoping that's not the case um 
but I just find that like audiobooks are better, but I can't sit still and listen to an audiobook. I have to be doing something or otherwise yeah. I just wander. I don't know what it is. Why are our brains wired so weirdly? Yeah, because <laughs> like, if oh, I sit and have an audiobook on, then I start doing like, like, yeah, you know I mean? I yeah I'm like moving. And if like the TV's on and paying attention to it, even though I can't hear it, like I don't, yeah. I don't understand like why our brains are wired that way. But yeah, but like I could be like washing dishes, vacuuming, mowing the lawn, anything like that. Oh, yeah. Like I, I could like almost tell you word for word what happened. <laughs> yeah, I like if you pair them with a monotonous task, it's so good. But yeah, no, you're so right. I try to keep myself so busy. My wife's like, "Can you not just sit down?" I'm like, "No, I have to finish no, this I... book." And the only way I can do that is to clean the house. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start doing that. That'll get yeah. me some good points. Yeah, telling okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, your wife's happy. You're happy. You you get you you're you're slowly combing down your TBR until it falls <laughs> back up. Yeah, I'm telling you, if you take a week off from reading, like your TBR, like automatically adds like ten or fifteen books. It's, it's we're just we're we're just not gonna be able to read everything. Mm-hmm. It's just not gonna happen. Um. So we talked. We've talked about you know. You growing up, we talked about your reading. We've talked, you know, a little bit about who you read growing up. Um, who would you say, I guess, were your were your biggest influences uh, to write your your debut and and now your sequel and and the and the third book that's coming up? Fair question. Um, I'm going to be honest. It's going to just go back to James Islington again. I think when I read that trilogy and just everything it was like, there's definitely bits where I read it and I'm like, hmm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But the bits that got me were like, oh, I'd really love to try my hand at this. Mm. And then I think as I was doing that, and then when I started reading more authors, just before I started writing, people, and I know people sometimes say like, if like Cold from the North or fans of John Gwynn, which is the biggest compliment in the entire world. But reading his stuff, you were just like, this is like a whole other level. Mm. This is, this is like, I'm there. I'm in a shield wall. I'm fighting. I have a pet wolf do you know what I mean I am literally everything in this because I can feel it and it was stuff like that that was like not only do I need to be better but it was stuff like that that meant oh do it write it have fun kind of thing and that John was actually one of the first people I ever reached out to on Twitter and it was just like a meaningless like hey hi hello kind of thing but he was really good with his advice um and yeah like he's he just seems like a very nice person. I've never obviously oh, yeah. met other than like the Twitter exchanges and seen him in amazing things. But yeah, he was definitely an inspiration. And dialogue wise, I absolutely love reading Joe Abercrombie mm. purely because whenever you see him writing, I'm just like, oh, that character's such an asshole. I love it. And you can tell and he, I think, writes characters better than anyone else. So like when you read characters like Glocka and stuff, you you feel every pain in his bones that he has when he climbs stairs and like the thoughts in his head when he's looking at someone he's breaking them down like I was like I need to think about things like this so loads of different places and sources I'd say like a new inspiration or not idol idol's probably the wrong word but um ML Spencer is mm. phenomenal um I just finished Dragon Mage a couple of weeks ago and it was fantastic like everything i was reading and i think the way that she wrote the main character was i'm not going to say too much for the worry of spoilers but that i mean i'm calling it now spiffball winner yeah 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 she uh yeah yeah 
it's it, it's just it's so good and, and it's one of those like really big chunk books but like just kind of flies by um, yeah like i was intimidated when i looked at the account <coughs> i was like geez but you don't notice it you just don't when you're getting to certain bits like it never really lulls which i found really rare i was like okay so where is it gonna slow down and it didn't it kept me hooked the whole time yeah yeah and you know i've i've over the years have found that and that's one reason why i love fantasy so much and science fiction to a degree depending on you know kind of where you find because science fiction you've just got a lot of subgenres and you've got military yeah. you've got space opera you, you just kind of have to find where you like it so much but um you know if if i can get invested in a character super early on then i know i'm gonna enjoy at least their journey i might not like every aspect of the book but you know coming back to your your gwen or abercrombie or, i mean spencer um you know like i like i shouldn't but like i loved glockta and so like every oh. time a scene with him would come up like i automatically tuned my ears to it i mean i i, I love logan he's great i honestly really like bias even though nobody really likes him but i love bias um but yeah it just it, it all comes back to i enjoy those characters so much and so i enjoy his writing so much and even you know with with gwen especially in shadow of the gods like you just you feel so much for his characters in the in that book mm-hmm. and that's and like it just made me like binge it so quickly just because like i want to know what happens but if i'm not invested it it makes it a little more of a slog it make it makes it to where i'm not going to finish it as quick you know um but yeah you, you i mean you named a, a few authors that like are like the pinnacle of like character creation for sure yeah and that's it and like i, I don't want to be one of those people that can name drops random people and be like this is my inspiration and try and be like too niche but to be honest like there's a reason like those people are some of the best in the game and it's because they write stuff that's captivating and yes it's hard not to be inspired like by pretty much everything i read like i will always be reading anyone um, and be like oh that's quite cool like i like how they did that or something um but this but like though like gwen abercrombie in particular and then ml spencer recently have just completely blown me away like i totally fanboyed and uh messaged ml spencer and was like i'm so sorry to bother you but that was amazing <laughs> and she was just really really nice and was like thank you so much and i was just like that was incredible so yeah yeah, yeah and, and i find you know this this kind of comes from from reading a lot of um self-pub but even even with traditional now i find i really enjoy stories like i enjoy stories even more uh when i have somewhat of a relationship with the author um yeah, whether yeah. that whether that's just them responding something that i reach out to them or, you know, having an author chat like we are now, um, or just being able to have a, like a simple conversation for like a couple of tweets or a couple of DMs or something. Yeah. Um, it just like means more. And, and when they, you know, when authors retweet you or go, oh my gosh, check this out or whatever like that, it's just, it's so awesome, but it really hits home with self-pub because you, you, you almost just kind of build a friendship with self-published writers um whereas you don't always would traditionally publish um i I don't know if it's a you know prestige thing or or what with with some trade some trade authors but yeah i've always found that i can easily talk to a self-published author because most of the time they're very much like myself you know granted i haven't haven't published anything but you know it, it it it's easy to find the connecting dots between one another and and kind of find 
uh, your common interests and so forth. And generally, it just comes back to we both love fantasy, so let's talk about fantasy. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. And I think the whole community aspect of it, like you're right, I have had, met so many people where I don't know them, do you know what I mean, other than through Twitter, but like I talk to them, I connect with them every other day, and they're just really, really nice people, like just mm-hmm. super easy to get along with. And uh, Justin, plothead, really, really nice guy. Yeah. Like, super nice person, do you know what I mean? And that's just through a kind of common passion. And I know he said he was going to start writing soon as well. So I'm excited to see what comes of that. Um, but yeah, it's a super cool community. It's, yeah, for sure. It's, it's mad. I've, I've, not, I've, I've literally not come across a single idiot yet, which is rare. You will. I, I know. I mean, I, I see people <laughs> like sharing people's opinions on maybe really harsh reviews and things. And is there a need to really go in on somebody that hard on Twitter? Not really. I've seen all those, but luckily I've never experienced it firsthand. I mean, yeah. honestly, like one of my favorite things is watching Joe Abercrombie post his one star ratings. Um, because that again, where I'm just like, I know you're this big author, but I just love that you take the time to look at one stars and go, Oh my god, look, look that's I love it. It's oh. yeah, you know, he's he's like just as snarky as his characters are, which I'm yeah. and that's clearly where like all the snark comes from is just from his mind. Um, I, I mean, it. like, even like he did a promo video for uh for wisdom the other day uh for orbit where uh i don't remember exactly what he said but he's like you know they they told me i needed to do this i didn't figure i needed to but like what's <laughs> coming out <laughs> you know it's just like just takes it like all in stride it's it's so freaking funny but, it's like that on brand thing where he's like they're not like obviously you know football so i'm like maybe like marshall and lynch like i'm only here so i don't get fined kind yeah of thing. yeah I exactly. get that where it's like this rebel and I'm like yeah I love that keep yeah. that yeah so you know but like at the end of the day like he's just like a regular guy that loves yeah. talking about books and, and fantasy and stuff and he's done so many interviews you know over yeah. the years and so forth um it's just it's just kind of funny to see that yeah he's you know he, he's gotten this big following like he he could just kind of like be ignoring everybody but yeah like you said he he talks about his one-star reviews he <laughs> talks about like his funny five-star reviews that make absolutely no sense uh, it's 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 a really fun follower. So let's talk about a little bit about your books, though. So uh, Onyx Born Chronicle starts with Cold from the North. Um, mm-hmm. So tell us what what is Cold from the North about, um, and maybe some of your you know what what's your inspiration behind the story? Sure. Uh, so Cold from the North is pretty much just a scene setter. If I'm being honest, uh, a lot happens, but it's like a scene setter for a bigger kind of war, if that makes sense. Uh, long kind of story short invading force coming from one direction people must flee uh, in order to do so they have to traverse some pretty dangerous stuff and they have to seek some help because one country gets completely obliterated let's just say uh, and then it's all about forging alliances finding out the kind of motives behind this invasion finding out it's actually a lot more sinister than just your average war and then working out collectively how they are going to stop it um, along the way there's obviously some magic thrown in uh, magic systems pretty loose I, I, when you read it you'll understand but the magic system was just thrown in like as i've said i wing it a lot uh, <laughs> but ultimately it's, it's 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 all about connecting paths and how we've got this one kind of main character who really connects all the dots um and it's just how basically his story unfolding with an ensemble of other characters who i wanted to create so that my main character didn't have all the cool stuff. I wanted like a wee ensemble of other people who did things. Um, but Ogolf is very much like the, the conduit. He's very much the driving factor. 
Okay. So uh, what was it that made you, I guess, write a, a Viking fantasy versus any of the other types of fantasy that you could have written? If you honest, God's honest truth, I was re-watching Vikings when I started oh, writing. Like, there's there's so no other way to put it. Like, people have been like, where did you get this? Where did you get that? If you read the first iteration of what Code from the North Almost was, I ripped off a Blood Eagle scene. I do. I mean, there was there was lots where it was a lot more Vikingy, and it was a lot more about raiding parties and stuff. And I was like, no, let's make it bigger of him. But I kept some of the elements, like some of the names, like Ogle Farrowsbane sounds very like Norse, Broadheim, do you know what I mean? Like all these places and stuff and pockets of places were definitely just derived from the fact I was obsessed with Vikings at the time. I mean, I'm still obsessed with it. I mean, Same, I'm like my... it, Last Kingdom, like oh. bring it on. Ugh. The Last Kingdom is another one I was watching, like re-watching when I was writing, like I'd have that on the background while I worked and stuff. And it was just like the battle scenes and stuff. And to be honest, I think if I thought about what Ogilf looked like, it would probably be, hmm, nah, I think it's it's probably more, ah, it's so hard. I still don't know what he looks like. <laughs> Never even drawn him. Um, probably more Ragnarok, which is obviously a, bit, a lot younger. Um, but it, oh, it's hard. I still don't know what he looks like. I don't know what any of my characters are looking except the bad guys. <laughs> eventually you have to do a special edition that has illustrations and you can you can yeah well we like the first cover like i'm looking at the big print i've got like my, my one of my best friends drew for me the first cover was like ogolf in the middle and then being attacked like a bunch of people and it didn't work as a book cover but looking at that like he's got like long brown hair with braids and stuff and i'm like that's yeah that's it yeah <laughs> yeah see i'm i'm re-watching a song of ice and fire right now because i'm i'm trying to go through just the first five books i've never gone through all of them um and and i've told this like on a couple of podcasts like i've been talking about this for probably two weeks that i just cannot finish the piece for crows but i decided to go back through the series so I'm on season five now um and, you know and it's still good like it it hasn't really gotten rough yet and i'm trying to see if a <laughs> second watch through if if it gets better or if it doesn't, and I think I'm gonna write like a big post about it, like you know, kind oh, of I can't like, wait for that. Kind of like books versus the show kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think the next thing I'll do is I'll probably rewatch. I'm trying to figure out when is the next season of The Last Kingdom come out. I think probably it's this. I think it's either is it not later this year or really early next year. So if it's later this year, I'll definitely watch that first. But I gotta rewatch that and I gotta rewatch Vikings because, uh, gosh, they're just so good, and I think. All of Vikings, I think, is on Amazon now, and then you've got. Yeah. I think all of Last Kingdom still on Netflix. So, um, which I didn't really get into Last Kingdom until I guess right before the last season came out. I watched mm. the entire series like in a week. <laughs> that was before I had a kid. I did it before I had a kid. Yeah, so like, I actually had time to do that. <laughs> it's so easy to binge things when you've got the time. Yeah, but, but I was the same. Like I kind of slept on um, Last Kingdom for a little while. I think I watched the first episode and I was like. This shows too like Vikings. Mm. And I was watching Vikings like every week at that point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was actively watching it. And then I went back and like obviously Utrid is the man, right? Oh yeah. So good. And I mean he's he's also not as morally grey as like your characters in Vikings, which I kind of liked. I felt like I was rooting for the hero for a change. Um, but yeah, watching that all at once was there's just so many good characters in that. Yeah, like I, I, like you can get behind Utrud because like you know his motivations and like why yeah. he does things. You don't, you don't really get that same sense in Vikings. Like they, nah. 
I mean, they, they like want to raid and like expand and stuff. Like I get it, but like most of those characters like have ulterior motives. Oh, for like, sure. You just and don't you really see them across. until, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I got that. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could do, do two Viking shows the same because I'd just be comparing them too much. So I'm kind of yeah. glad that like I watched them separately because I could really appreciate what both of them brought to the table. Um, yeah. But, you know, of course now, you know, now we've got Wheel of Time come out. Uh, we're going to have, uh, you know, Dune coming out next month. Yeah. We've got the new Matrix movie. We've got Foundation coming out. Oh, the so much for the witch, yeah, the new Witcher season, like oh, so man. much good stuff. And I still gotta like rewatch all the expanse, uh, because I oh, haven't finished oh, actually, that that's, I'm chipping away at that. Okay, yeah. so, you, so you're doing better than I am. <laughs> I'm trying, but this is this is what I was saying to you before we actually started recording. My attention span is shocking, it's so bad. I find it hard not to have my cell phone like just pushed to the side when I'm trying to do something. So, yeah, I get what mm-hmm. you're saying. I'm always like talking to people on Twitter while also like trying to watch something. But yeah. luckily, most of the time I'm watching stuff is rewatching. So I'm like, why do I even pay for like cable? <laughs> I just rewatch <laughs> stuff. Either. I don't watch any new stuff. Well, so, I, I say that. And then like when NFL season, well, fo- football season rolls around, I need yeah. it. Like yeah. I need my Saturdays. I need, even if I can't watch all the games, I need to be able to record the games. And so yeah, totally. Oh yeah, I mean I've got like NFL Sunday ticket, like they like Direct TV gives it to me for free every year. So like I'm like, oh yeah, I'll I'll, I'll watch eight games at a time. Why not? Yeah, of course. What else? <laughs> nobody nobody else does that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so if Cold from the North is you know kind of a here's here's what's going on. Tell me a little bit about the Darkest Dusk. So this is book two in the Onyx Born Chronicle. The Darkest Dusk is when kind of shit hits the fan. If you know what I mean, it's when they start realizing all right, we need to move. This is not just your typical invasion. This isn't going to be your typical war. There's bigger motives that we need to be a direct uh, resistance against, basically. And then there's a couple of things that they need to do in order to actually be able to muster resistance. Kind of all throughout it, you've also got more of a, there's more character development, I would say, um, where some of the characters are getting stronger, some are getting weaker, and you're kind of learning what the melting pot's going to look like. Uh, you've got a couple of big battles, a um, little bit more ex- exploration of the magic system. Um, and then, yeah, it kind of culminates in, in probably the twist I'm most proud of. So, yeah, like it's, it's th- this is more like let's move this along. And then it's really opening us up in book three because book three is obviously going to be a culmination because it's the final book. Mm. But it really is when I'm throwing everything at the wall. Like, I'm just seeing what sticks because I know there's so many different avenues I can go down that I've opened up perfectly for. Like, that's what I like. I like a long game, basically. Mm. So I like when things are drawn out and then at the last minute you find out something that might have been relevant, but there's been building. So, yeah, this is like setting the scene. It's kind of making you question the characters a wee bit more. Like, who actually has what allegiances? Why would they do this? And it, so that's, that's what I hope it does. That's what I, I aspire it does. But... It's only been out a couple of months, so just waiting. Actually, some of the reviews coming in. I gotcha. Um, so can you uh do you have a do you have a working title for book three yet? And is that and is that gonna be the final in the series? Yeah, I don't really have a working title because the working title I have sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like I posted it's on one Twitter of those things you wrote that... down and then like you'll come back to you later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I've got a rough idea of what it's gonna be called. It's just 
one of the ones I had was too wordy. So I was like looking at like the covers I have and like they're obviously going to be the same. And I was like just anticipating sending like seven words to my designer and be like, make it work. And it's not going to work. So no, I don't have one at the minute. Yeah, they keep it between like three and five words, right? Yeah. I mean, cold from the north is a mouthful. Yeah. The dark dusk is okay. But then I'm like, I don't know, I'll just one word it. Onyx Born. <laughs> Onyx Born Chronicle. That's it. Finale. <laughs> yeah, the end. Onyx Born Chronicle number three. There you go. Um, you have any uh any anything you're working on outside of uh of the series, or is it your is it your baby the the thing that you're gonna finish out before you move on to any other projects? Uh, I am currently starting like project two. I've got like two other projects that one is a bit so I'm Scottish, which you can probably tell. Um, ah, I had no idea. I know. <laughs> just drinking Iron Brew. Yeah. <laughs> got a little William Wallace next to my desk. No, I'm kidding. On. Um, so because there's loads of like, uh, one of the things I've always read is Scottish history. I It's probably one of the things I'm most passionate about is Scottish history and understanding where we came from, why we're like this, why we're part of the United Kingdom and not to sound too political or anything. But I want to write something that plays more on like my ancestral heritage, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. So rather than thinking about these cold expanses that are maybe more like your Norways, your Denmark, your Iceland, just actually looking like what's on like my back door and going, we've got all the locks, we've got the highlands, we've got all these little islands popped about, we've got all these castles, and we've got we're, we're obviously really rich history. Um, so it's actually more playing on that. Um, than your kind of Norse vibe. So I've got a three-book idea that's definitely more of a character journey rather than, like, I mean, Cold from the North or Onyx Born takes place over, like, a month and a half, like, in real time. This is going to take over, like, 10 years. So, yeah. So I've, I've drawn the map. I know what the map looks like. I know the regions. I know a main character. I know exactly how it starts, and I know exactly how it ends. I actually semi-plotted this one. So I just need to connect up with dots. Um, and then the other one is because I mentioned I like like post-apocalyptic fiction and dystopian fiction, I have this like passion project in my head where I'm basically going to rip off the Warriors but set it in Glasgow. Okay. So. All right. Um, and I know you mentioned uh, finishing up Dragon Mage by ML Spencer. Have you read anything else recently that you'd recommend? Yeah, I just actually finished uh, The Look of a King by another Spiffo entrant, Tom Dumbrell. Um, so it's a really short, like, snappy read, and it was honestly brilliant. It was also nice get, getting away from, like, the big books and just having, like, a 200-pager and just, like, oh, oh, it was really good. Took me a little bit longer to read it, obviously, babies and stuff, um, but it was it was brilliant. Um, and Tom's a super nice guy. Um, I would fully recommend it. Okay. Yeah, maybe a sleeper for Spiffbo for sure. Um, really good cover too. Um, and then yeah, I'm not starting reading anything else right now because I am patiently waiting for my broken binding package of Wisdom of Crowds to come through the door, and I'll read that. <laughs> there you go. Well, um, I really appreciate you taking the time to come to come chat with me. I know we've been meaning to do this for a while, but you know, babies <laughs> and kids and all that kind of stuff, you know, it, it, do, it does tend to, to keep you kind of busy, but I'm glad we yeah. were able to, to finally schedule it and so forth. But uh, 
Everybody, again, uh, DW's got out the uh, Onyx Born Chronicle, so Cold from the North is book one, and The Darkest Dusk is book two, and we'll be waiting for that snappy title for book three, uh, hopefully coming soon. Uh, so if you like uh, Viking-inspired fan- uh, Viking fantasy, check it out. You know, Like I said, a lot of reviewers have said it reads like John Gwen, so if you're a John Gwen fan, there you go. There's your next read, so uh, Hi, definitely check it out. And um, yeah, we'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah, absolutely, but maybe more. I'll interview you, and we'll get you writing, and we'll talk about football. So maybe we should just do it off record and just chat. <laughs> absolutely, we could definitely do that. Sounds good, man. It was right, lovely to meet you. Thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. Good, bud.